Hey, welcome to Tangible Takeaways, episode 36. I'm Jackson, and today I'm going to talk about if the Lord's really the Good Shepherd, then we'll definitely listen to His voice. Awesome. I'm Tom Mercer. I'm Jackson's good friend, and that's why he invited me today. I love this kid, and I love you, whoever you are. Thanks for joining us today. We got a great conversation coming up. All of this and more on Tangible Takeaways. Hey, welcome to episode 36 of Tangible Takeaways. Pastor Tom, thanks so much for being on. Pleasure. Excited. Always, always good. Excited yeah. to jump into it. You were Thank preaching you. this weekend, which is always... That was me. You yes. get a you get kind of a, a different angle when you talk to somebody who is actually preaching the message. So let's just start with in preaching. Generally, people don't know that there's a lot that gets cut out while you're preaching. There's kind of a trimming down process, a lot of study. What were just kind of some of the challenges of this text as you were studying it and getting ready for speaking? Well, I think one of the biggest challenges uh, for this upper room discourse is that it's so popular. Mm. Many people have heard different elements about it taught so often that, and it's not like you have to make something up. Yeah. Just because it's it's an old text. to be creative or to come up with something new. But it is a challenge to try to dig in there and, and find something that uh, an audience that's so diverse, some people will sit there and they've never read it, mm. and many others will have uh, read it many times and, and feel like maybe they already understand it. So to try to balance that as a teacher, that's probably a challenge most every week. Yeah. But especially with uh, with this particular section of John's Gospel. Kind of those tried and true areas that can yeah. be challenging to like, oh man, is there anything new to say about yeah. this? Because you want people to walk away saying, oh man, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a challenge for a teacher because we've probably considered that text even more than they have. So you want to, you know, you want your prayer to be in preparation. Lord, is there something here I haven't ever seen before? Yeah. And uh, most of the time, there's plenty. Yeah. I, I think people, Jackson, you know this too, but I think people, when they hear a message or a challenge and, and they feel, maybe they feel a little uh, accountable and I don't know what would be a, a good way to say it. Uh, they feel badly because mm. they're under conviction. Yeah. They don't real in hearing that message for the, you know, 15, how long are my sermons? 15 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Um, no, seriously, they hear the message. And for those 15 minutes, they're really hearing from the Lord. Well, we have the chance to hear from the Lord for hours. Yeah. And sometimes the the conviction and the accountability for us is significant. Yeah, yeah, great messages come out of the overflow of conviction for sure. us, yeah. you know, to say like, "Oh man, absolutely. I, I've been missing this section of scripture in my life for a little bit here." Yeah, cuz we're we struggle with the same stuff we're. Yeah. We're, we're teaching and and yet that's a benefit. Yeah. Because it's not like we're talking down to anybody. Yeah. We're speaking like, at it as a like, oh, "Hey, man, we're in this together here." This is hard for me. Yeah. You know, even this passage about uh, always obeying, yeah. to be always loving. Nobody obeys all the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. That's all. No, that's good. It's a long answer yeah. to your easy question. And <laughs> even on that note, the passage for this weekend opens up with one of the, I remember reading this verse many times devotionally growing up 
freaked me out. It's one of the verses that has always scared me because it's, if you love me, keep my commandments. Right. And I think for any Jesus follower, they look at that and they're like, I don't know if I love the Lord. You know, like it brings that kind of right. fear because nobody keeps his commandments perfectly. Or you think about the other, be holy as I am holy, or just kind of some of these big statements that Jesus will make, that God will make, or even when Paul references us as holy or as saints, things like that, things that just don't feel true of us or like things we can live up to. What do we make of that when Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments? And then you got like just a couple chapters earlier, like Judas and Peter totally failed Jesus. And we're looking right. at like, okay, to follow Jesus is to fail Jesus. Mm -hmm. So how do we put those together? You know, every time you, uh, you have that, that moment that begins the introspection, that's good for us because it provokes humility. Mm. I mean, if you ever sit in a weekend service and the pastor, you know, talks for however long he talks and you walk away saying, well, I got that you one. 15 minutes. I got, yeah, for 15, my 15. <laughs> and, and it's like, oh, I've got that nailed. I, I'm so glad that that was just so affirming for me. Mm. You know, maybe you, you need to take yourself down a few notches yeah. and recognize that we've all got a lot to do. Uh, to become the people God created us to be. And, and yet, um, so the, I guess what I'm saying, there's a moment of humility and, and just affirming, okay, I'm not what I should be, Lord. Mm. I don't love you like I should love you. I don't obey you as consistently as I should obey you. Mm. I mean, there's that moment of feeling badly, but then, okay, well, then let's make some progress. Mm. I heard a guy say, uh, not too long ago, actually, he was he was talking about human relationships, not a divine relationship or the relationship that we share with God. But he said, if your relationship with that person is the same as it was five years ago, then you're not loving them well. Hmm. And on both sides, if the relationship is, is, is the same, it's not worse, it's not better, then you're not loving them well. Because the truth is, uh, when you love somebody well, your relationship will go one of two directions. It will become better or when it comes to people, you know, friends or family, it might even get worse because you're holding them to account. Hmm. Um, but my point, I guess, is that reflecting on that statement, I love that statement. Yeah, it's uh, almost like you only stay that static in relationships if you're apathetic. Exactly. Hmm. And so if your relationship with the Lord is what it was five years ago, you're not loving him like you should. Hmm. And as you love him more and learn as he humbles you and, and you learn how to love him better, uh, you're going to be more obedient. And that's a win for everybody. That's that's a win-win-win. It's a win for you. It's a win for the Lord. Mm. You know, that's yeah. what he's always wanted. And it's a win for your oikos. Yeah. I mean, every time I obey, that's a benefit to my wife and to my kids and to my grandkids. It's, I, I always struggle. Can I answer another question yeah. that you didn't ask? Yeah. <laughs> I always, am I still the senior pastor? I can do that, yeah, right? Yeah, you can do uh, it. There, there's, there's always that that tension I feel when I hear people say, you know, you say, well, why did you do that? Or why did you make that choice? Well, it's my life and I'm going to do what I want. And I think, bro, it's not your, it's not your life. Mm. You know, sister, it's not your life. The, the ripples of impact that our choices have on the people around us. That's why I say it's a win, win, win. So when yeah. we obey, good yeah. for God, good for you. And good for Sky. Yeah. And and good for your family and good for your friends. Yeah. It's good for everybody. Yeah. No, that's a really that's a great way to 
to put it, the way that we kind of progress in our faith, we almost come to realize that we're more sinful than we ever thought, you yeah. know, from when we began. You know, you might right. begin as you come to know Jesus and you're like, oh man, I got these addictions in my life or I'm kind of a serial liar or whatever. <laughs> like some of these things stand out like that's a contradiction. Yeah. But then as we go, it's like, man, it's not just obeying authority, but it's my attitude when I obey authority. And like these commandments, they get deeper. You know, yes. it's very similar to Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount, right? You've heard it said, but I say to you, and yeah. he deepens these commandments of like, it's not just avoiding the act, but it's like, man, where's your heart at in that process? Or what's your attitude towards that person or whatever it is? Like, we just kind of come to realize the closer we get to God, the more sinful we realize we are. Yeah. And the more growth we recognize we, we need. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've, we talk about, um, like on, on the weekend, we talked about a mature love. Mm -hmm. Agape is a mature love. Yeah. And you know that limerence is kind of an immature love, an incomplete love. Nothing wrong with falling in love. Yeah. But if it that, if it stays long. there, yeah, it, you're going to break up and you're going to move on. Yeah. So the idea of a mature love, we never reach the point where we're mature. This is my take. And in fact, years ago, I was talking to a pastor in the Midwest about the oikos idea, and he was perceiving the whole idea as being evangelistic, not as being, uh, in, not as impacting our, our discipleship strategies. Yeah, yeah. And he said, well, don't you have any mature Christians in your church? And I said, no. And he, he paused and it was like that. He's like, well, that's why I'm not going to do the Oikos thing. <laughs> that's right. He, I don't know if he even want to talk to me anymore. It's yeah. like, you've been at the church that long? You got no mature people? And I said, no. And, and so he paused again. And he said, Tom, you got to have some mature people in your church. And I knew what he was getting at. And so I was just kind of messing with him. Yeah. And I said, well, we dropped the term immature and mature. And we just have one category of people at HDC, maturing. We're all maturing, and it's mm. not like any of us have ever attained what we need to or should yet. Yeah. I mean, when we're with the Lord, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll be mature. But until then, we just all have so much growth to do. Mm. And I, I think it's dangerous if we take on the identity of mature because we become so um, distant or like we lack this compassion towards people yeah. who are new to the faith. And we almost have, we begin to add all these things onto the gospel of like, okay, well, you believe in Jesus, but you need to be where we're at on all these other things. Right. Instead of just kind of embracing the journey aspect of faith, that there yeah. is a journey to faith. And so I think when we take on that identity of like, well, I'm, I'm mature, you know, it's like, well, man, now you've kind of lost the, you've lost the journey because you've arrived apparently. Yeah. Well, and, you know, a lot of verses flash into our minds when we talk about this idea, but you think about the you know, the very famous uh, time that the apostles said, brothers and sisters, I have not laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, I keep moving forward. Mm. And I can imagine that if we had a little, you know, conversation and the apostle Paul were sitting right here and drinking his iced tea yeah. as we know he does, uh, and we say, well, you're like the apostle Paul. You would, you would certainly have Like you've got to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And I think knowing he must have had a sense of humor, um, he'd probably just laugh and say, you guys, I'm just, uh, sometimes I feel like a rookie too. Mm. And that's, that's good for us. Yeah. You know, good for us that we can grow. And, and like you said a minute ago, just recognize more and more how far we still have to, yeah. to grow yeah. in, our, in our lives. And I think sometimes we're obsessed with perfection because if we could attain perfection, we wouldn't need God anymore. 
Yes. And so we have this desire to to arrive, right? Yeah. And that even brings me to you said this weekend that this obedience that Jesus is instructing us to, it'll bring clarity, comfortability, and calm to right. our life. Right. And I think some people might ascribe those benefits to just their faith in Jesus. Like, well, man, if I just believe in Jesus, I'll have clarity, comfort, and calm. But yeah. Jesus places them contingent, not just on believing, but it, on obedience. Why does he draw that connection, do you think, here in the text, that it's not just about you believe that he is who he says he is, but then you obey? Um, yes, well, first of all, when you come to faith, you get two things. You get eternal life in heaven, and you get the Holy Spirit. Mm. And they go together. It's not like we're parsing those out, separating yeah. them, because they go hand in hand, because the Holy Spirit is the seal of our salvation in our lives, as, uh, as we know from other passages besides John 14. Um, but you're not entitled to, you know, immediately having all of these, to use your term, I think you use the term perks yeah. um, of our faith. And it's not like we have to earn them, but they are a byproduct of simply living under the umbrella of, of God's blessing and authority. And when you think about, you know, the um, clarity, clarity is a relative term. Hmm. I mean, you can have clarity about one thing and be ignorant about something else. So yeah. you can be a little clear, you can be medium clear, you can be yeah. real clear. So it's relative. Yeah. Comfortability is a relative term. Yeah. Calm is a relative term. Some days we're more stressed than others. We're probably always too stressed yeah. uh, because we, we, we tend to do that. Um, but but it, it's just a matter of growing in those things and, and, and recognizing that uh, the, the growth and the development and the maturing in all of these areas is part of our sanctification, part of our walk with Christ. Mm. And part of the Holy Spirit just doing his work, man. He comes, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, and of course we believe, I believe, speak for myself, that the Holy Spirit is, is a gift that the Lord gives us uh, at the moment uh, that we become Christians. Yeah. And we are grafted into the body of Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and so we have the Holy Spirit in our lives and he comes ready to work. It's like he's got his tool belt, he's got his toolboxes. Yeah. He says, okay, let's make some progress. Yeah, he doesn't need any time to ramp up. He's ready to go. And it's all missional. Mm. It's all purposeful. And, and so even uh, loving, like Jesus said, obey my commandments. If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Those things are not to get to heaven. And if you love me enough and you obey me enough, you're gonna cross that threshold and then, hey baby, we'll see if we can you know, squeeze you through the pearly gates. Yeah. We are saved by grace alone. And so why, and, and when we go to heaven, I mean, let's say we died like a second after we received Christ. When we get to heaven, it's, we're in heaven. Yeah. We are perfected. Yeah. So this perfection idea of, of being more loving and more obedient, it's not so we can become perfected here in this life, but that growth and, and discovering answers and having victory over sin, that gives us a better platform mm. to show our oikos, man, Jesus is powerful. Yeah, He can do this. I mean, it's... It's very satisfying, you know, it, it calms us, it, you know, gives us that comfortability, it gives us that clarity, but it's all missional. I mean, think about it, Jackson, if, if you had this peace in your heart in the midst of all the drama and all the chaos, 
you have this peace in your heart all the time. I mean, how weird would you seem yeah, to the people in your people life that don't know Christ? Yeah. And they have all these other friends that are not Christians and they're all stressed out and they're all jacked up and they're all worried about the, the economy and the war and you know everything and I get it. And then there's Jackson and he's like, it's okay. Yeah. And man, they want that for themselves. Yeah. So even these, these benefits that we talked about on the weekend, these benefits of, of obedience, it's missional. Mm. So that people, you know, turning lost people into saved people. You yeah. hear me say this all the time, but it really is true. Um, so I, I would say that uh, all the things every week we talk about, let's grow up, let's be more obedient, let's be more loving, let's be more like Jesus, because that's who people need to see. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like this, you know, we, maybe some of us are prone less by our theology that's driven out of the Bible and more of the, okay, this is what I've seen and experienced part of us. We want to parse those things out and we want to say, oh no, I get like all of the perks and you know, I just kind of come to obey as I see fit and stuff like that. Right. And we like to separate those things, but God, God can't bless if you're not obeying, right? Like if you're so far outside of his will, if you're so far out of what he's designed, what he's called you to, how, how can God bless that? Because now all of a sudden you're almost in some ways you're taking away the exclusivity of Jesus as a savior, sure. as if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like you can't, you can't parse those things out in scripture. Well, no, Jesus built us to, f to function a certain way. I mean, it's like anything, it, it breaks when you make it do you take any machine and try to make it do something it wasn't built to do yeah and it'll break yeah and so god has designed us to live uh, lives that are obedient to him i mean you look at the garden of eden scenario that was the whole point yeah and then they decided they made a bad choice <laughs> they disobeyed yeah and it broke yeah as what happened well it broke well why did it break because you're trying to run this thing like like it was designed differently. Yeah, yeah. And you can't, and that's why we keep saying, you know, even when it, we talk about sexuality, we talk about any anything, we talk about anything that the world is trying to um, push, uh, you know, it's that round peg square hole trying to push into, well, this deserves God's blessing. Yeah. Well, we weren't built that way, you mm -hmm. know, so if, if, if you're gonna try to force it, it's probably gonna splinter. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do, I do think God has built us a certain way. The world is certainly sideways on that, and they're broken. Yeah. And, and that ends up being the root of sin every time, right? I know better than God. Absolutely. I've got a better idea of how this whole thing should run. Well, and that's why we said even on the weekend, yet rebels don't have an obedience issue. They've got a confidence issue. Mm. Yeah. It's all about confidence. How confident are you that Jesus is is right about everything? Because honestly, Jackson, if Jesus is right about everything and he says do this. Yeah. And you don't what you're essentially saying, you're not saying, "Oh, I have that kind of confidence in you, but I'm going to disobey you." You clearly just don't have the confidence. You don't have the confidence. Yeah. You think, "Well, I think Jesus is pretty good about most stuff, but on this particular point, I think I'm smarter than him." Mm. And that's when you get in trouble. Yeah. And even just a few chapters earlier, he talks about being a good shepherd. And that's been such a convicting metaphor for me recently of so much complexity gets brought to our life because we try to shepherd our own lives. 
Yes. And Jesus gives us the most simple role in that metaphor. We're like the dumbest creatures on the face of the earth. We're sheep. Yeah. And all you have to do is listen to the voice of the shepherd and go where yeah. he tells you. So it's like, man, if I really believe that he's the good shepherd and he has my best interest at heart, like why would I not listen to his yeah. voice? And yeah. so it's such a great root of the issue. It is our it is our confidence problem. It's not an obedience problem. You what do we have time for a quick story? Yeah. So I'm in, in Jerusalem. This is years ago, I'm in Jerusalem. And uh, we're in the, the marketplace in old old Jerusalem, the old part of the city. And it's a sheep market. Mm. And you look you look out there. And Jackson, there's probably thousands of sheep and a bunch of old Bedouin shepherds. I mean, they're all, they, it looks, it's, it looks different because most of them are smoking cigarettes, you know, so <laughs> it looks different than I'm sure it did in Christ's day, but, yeah. but it, it's just so different than anything we're, we experience. And it's chaos. Dude, it is bedlam. Yeah. And you can't hardly hear yourself think it's so loud. And then the shepherd over here just yells. And there's like 20 sheep that move. And the rest are like immobilized. They mm. don't even care. Yeah. And it reminded me of that verse you just brought up. Yeah. Uh, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. Mm. And I watched that and I said, that's what Jesus was describing. Yeah. And so here we have Jesus who we're supposed to have confidence in. And so he calls out to us. And if we are his sheep, we hear his voice and we follow him. Yeah. And if we don't follow him, we're following another shepherd. Yeah. And that shepherd doesn't love us. Yeah. Like the good shepherd. Yeah. And so I'm I'm uh you know, it's just fun. You mentioned that and all of a sudden I got all yeah. these little blasts of memory yeah. in my head. And uh so yeah, it all connects. Yeah, and I just feel like that's such a powerful like root issue for us to lay hold of. I feel like so many times in our faith we tend to deal with surfacey issues and we don't get to the root. The root is I have a confidence issue in Jesus. Yes. That's the root of the thing. It's not that I just I'm having such a hard time obeying, it's that I actually believe that I know better. Right. I, that's my issue right now mm -hmm. is in my obedience is I actually believe that I know better. And this is the thing you never do. Yeah. I mean, you are an expert in nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. I mean, if anybody were to say, well, what do you know better than Jesus? Nothing. Yeah. Always default to him. Yeah. And when people say, well, this is the way I'm going to do it. And this is what you should do. You should follow me instead of Jesus. I think, okay, well, let me, let me compare those two people, you and Jesus. Mm. I'm sorry, man. I'm leaning into Jesus. Yeah. And if that means leaning away from you, then so be it. Yeah. And so as you had said, there's kind of a convicting process that goes through in the sermon preparation and all of that. What's kind of, you know, name of the game, tangible takeaways? What are kind of some practical things that you're even thinking about after your study that you put into this message that you're like, man, I'm some things that either you were reminded of or like, sure. I need to act on this a little bit. Well, you know, for me at this point in my life and yeah. the audience, you know, the HTC family knows what's going on at HTC and that uh, we're leaving the seat, the senior pastor seat, and Cheryl and I are gonna be doing some new things. We'll still be able to hang around and thankful that we'll have a little office here and still be able to have our church family yeah. to uh, be with because it's been our life for so long. Um, but we're always thinking of next steps. And we're always thinking of, okay, well, what are the next steps for Tom and Cheryl in our lives? And the importance of, of moving forward into that. Hmm. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's not condemning us. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. He's compelling us to love him more. Hmm. He's compelling us to obey him more. He's always bringing us forward. He's not saying, now sit there and just feel horrible about what a jerk you are yeah. and how you've been like dissing me. 
I, you know, and I love, I even read it, I think, yeah, it was in the, in the message on the weekend, that list of people that he, he met with after, the, after his physical resurrection. Mm. And before he met with the 12, and obviously the 12 were the 11 now, but yeah. that was such a term. It's like, you know, one member of the team is not on the team, but they're still the Lakers, right? Yeah, so before he met with the Lakers, yeah. not, anyway, um, he met with Peter. Mm. And Paul's very intentional about that. And I think the Holy Spirit directed Paul to be intentional about listing that for the Corinthians. Jesus wanted to talk to Peter. Mm. And it was Peter who denied him three times. Yeah. And even in, in um, you know, Pastor Todd's first message about the two guys who denied Christ, Judas and Peter, and it turned out very differently for those guys, but both basically denied him. Yeah. And yet there was restoration and redemption. Mm. And there was, I know there was an embrace, make me cry thinking about it, yeah. just how down Peter must have been yeah. and how gracious Jesus would have been to him. Yeah. And to even bring him and reconnect him to the other 10 men. That's what Jesus... That's always been his attitude. Even in John 14, that's his attitude when he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. It's not, uh, you know, yeah. you love me and keep my commands. It's like, give me a hug, man. Yeah. Let me show you how you can be, be a, not only a better, you know, Jesus follower, but how you can be a better person. Mm. And again, it, when you're a better person, it's, it's not your life only. It's a win-win-win for Jesus, for you, and for your oikos. Yeah. I love that. That's it's so true to the nature of our lives too, because our lives come in seasons, you know. And yeah. if your relationship with Jesus was exclusively tied to being the senior pastor of HDC, there would be an abyss moving forward of like it would be very depressing. Who knows what's mm-hmm. next, you know? But it's like, man, there's just a new season to live out a loving life towards Jesus, yeah. which is this win-win-win, both missionally for everybody else, but also for you, for your family, and for Jesus. Yep, right? just keep moving forward, man. Yeah. And I, I, I've told people all the time, now I gotta practice what I preach. Yeah. I always hate that part. Yeah. <laughs> Tell people all the time, never look back. Yeah. Just keep moving forward. Yeah. And uh, there's, you know, and we've, you know, some of the notes I've written even about this season of succession. The best days of High Desert Churches um, story is still in front of us. Yeah, Jackson, that's not just lip service, bro. I believe that with all my heart. Yeah, and I, I would have said that every day for 38 years. Uh, I'm gonna keep saying it because yeah. I really believe it. Because Jesus always wants us to move forward. Yeah, yeah. You think about what what Paul writes when he says, "Man, I, I forget what lays behind and I press forward to right. what lays ahead." That is so the mindset and I think our shame can kind of throw a wrench in that where we want to just dwell on everything behind us and say man I've or bitterness back and yeah you know bitterness. shame on us it, or the shame we feel for ourselves or the bitterness we feel for others yeah and you can liken it to uh, just trying to drive down the freeway if you got your eyes stuck in the rearview mirror you're gonna run into some yeah it's gonna cost you your it's life. gonna cost you your life yeah. you gotta look forward yeah yeah no that's good well thank you for the time I really appreciate it and Hope you got a good tangible takeaway out of this. As always, we'd love to hear what uh, you've got as a tangible takeaway coming out of this message. Maybe drop a comment there for us in the chat. And as always, don't forget to like the video. Maybe share it with a friend, somebody in your oikos. Yeah, good. Appreciate the time. Love it. We'll catch you guys next week on Tangible Takeaways.